I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty tight, pretty amazing when you're outside and, you know, it's kind of cold and the worship is going on. But when you bring it in here and it's loud, it's just like epic. You know, I was, I was telling the people over at the, at the stadium because we had all these people. And we look across and there's nobody in the bleachers over there. It's like, dude, victory. We won. Nobody showed up next, you know, to, to oppose us. So there was a victory Amen. He is risen. risen Kind of weak. He is risen. risen That's what I'm talking about right there. He is risen indeed. What a glorious, glorious statement that is. When, When I think of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, what comes to mind for me is power glorious power because you can't just like spring up from the dead you just can't it takes some power to do that to raise yourself up from the dead is power power that is beyond comprehending you can't you can't possibly comprehend that kind of power it is the force it is a force that cannot be contained that kind of power to be able to raise someone from, from the dead and to say he is risen is to say that he was dead, but now he's not dead. And again, when you think about that kind of a statement, he was dead, but now he's not dead, and he raised himself from the dead, it speaks of power, ultimate power. At the time that Jesus died, in the days following, his disciples were saddened. They were grieving. I'm sure that they, they felt like all their hopes were gone. Again, some of them being at the cross and watching him die and the others who weren't that heard about it and understood what had happened that day. Well, to hear a statement he has risen would be absurd. It would be ridiculous, silly even, to think that someone could, could raise from the dead. And now it's the first day of the week. The day after Sabbath, and some of the women, the last ones that were at the cross, they thought it was safe now to go out and go to the tomb, to give Jesus a proper burial. The the disciples were frightened, they were scared because of what happened to Jesus, and so they were kind of hiding out, thinking, what if they come after us next? A lot of them know who we are. But after the Sabbath, on this first day of the week, they thought, especially the women, it doesn't matter what happens to us. We want to go give our Jesus a proper burial. Because they knew that everything had been done in haste. Because of Passover, because of all the commotion and everything that's going on in the city, Jesus deserved to be treated with dignity and respect. After all, that's how he treated people with dignity and respect. And this, for his disciples, these women especially, it was the least that they could do, to go and do this for their Jesus, to take care of him. He is risen from the dead would be the furthest thing from their mind, (laughs) not expecting anything like that. That morning, power and glory and 
and joy and excitement were not words to describe that morning. That morning was, was one of those mornings where they were still hurting. They were still afflicted in their souls because of what had happened to their Savior. And if anything, these women that morning didn't know what to think with the heaviness that they all felt. They hadn't even thought about who would roll the way, or roll away the stone from the tomb. <laughs> they, were, they were just going to go do their due diligence to their Savior, to their, to their friend. And they had no clue what was about to happen. So we're in Mark chapter 16. I want to read the account from Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. We'll be there for most of the time. And it says in verse 1, Now when the Sabbath had passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb where the sun, uh, when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll the stone away from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had already or had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a, a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. The, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they lay him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to, into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form, to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. When it says in verse 1 that when it was the Sabbath, when it was past. All those followers of Jesus at that time, most of whom had come down with him from Galilee area, from the northern section where they hung out most of the time, they, they came down to celebrate the Passover down in Jerusalem in that area. And they had no clue that their celebration would be short-lived as they had gotten there a week before. You see, earlier that week on Palm Sunday, man, as we looked at last week, 
they were all riding high. <laughs> all his disciples, they were excited as their friend, master, and teacher was being hailed as the one who was there to save them all. Behold, your king is coming to you, Zechariah prophesied. Can you imagine being a friend of Jesus at that time, being one of his disciples at that time, knowing who he is, knowing all the things that he has done, but on that Palm Sunday being hailed as the king, the one that was coming to them, and them thinking, that's our friend. That's the one we hang out with all the time. Can you believe it, telling each other? Can you believe this is the one that Zechariah prophesied about? Man, you could, you could imagine the, the, their excitement as they all joined the crowd that Sunday, that Palm Sunday, shouting, Hosanna, save us now. And now the, the shouts of Hosanna were ringing just loud last week. <laughs> and now all their hopes are gone. All the shouts of Hosea or, or, or Hosanna are gone. And they've been turned into cries of mourning. That's where they're at in a week. Bummed out. And these ladies, they find themselves, after the sun goes down on the Sabbath day, they find themselves out looking for spices, gathering whatever they could so they can get up early in the morning and, and head on to the tomb to go and finish preparing the body of Jesus, their friend, their master, their teacher. As he lay dead, in someone else's tomb. Their friend, their teacher, their master, Jesus, should have been sitting on a throne by now <laughs> with what happened a week ago. He should have been sitting on a, on, on, the, on a throne if in fact he was their king that was coming to them. But instead of heading for a throne, they were heading to the, the, to the tomb. That's where they were headed. That's where they were going. It was all good, too good to be true. I'm sure they felt. You see, these followers of Jesus were just ordinary people. They're just, they were just regular people. And I'm sure they thought, kings don't come from us. <laughs> kings don't even come to us. We're just regular people. Pain, sorrow, and grief, that's what normal people go to. Go through. That's what ordinary people, that's what regular people have to go through. And this Sunday morning, as they're headed to the tomb, it's proving once again that's who they are, just regular people. Man, it was exciting to think that he was, he, he was the king, but he's dead. Can anything good come out of Nazareth was once said about Jesus as he was starting his ministry. He came from a poor place. Could he really be a king? How could anything good come out of that place? When Pilate, the week before, when, when he hung a, a placard above the cross where it says, King of the Jews, you know, they're probably thinking he was just mocking Jesus himself. He's not, he's not a king. He's dead. In any hopes of being a king, he's dead. They're gone. And now through all that Jesus' followers have gone through and all that they have seen, because they had seen Jesus do miracles, they had seen Him do all kinds of things. And I'm sure their hearts are so grieved thinking it's all come to an end. 
when they saw that Jesus died or when they heard that Jesus had died. And these ladies that morning were going to do what they could for Jesus. More than likely, after they were going to be done with preparing the body for the the final burial thing, more than likely they would be headed back to Galilee with the rest of the disciples. It's all over. Going back to our regular lives. And as they headed to the tomb, then they realized as they were going, man, who's going to, to, to roll away the stone from, 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 the, from the tomb there? Who, who could do that? You know, first of all, you've got to think it's, it's really big, and so these ladies wouldn't be able to do it. And secondly, it had a Roman seal on it to where no one could touch it. No one could remove it. How is is that going to happen? And lo and behold, as they got close, they find that the the stone has already been rolled away. It's already been taken care of. And this would be the beginning of how God would go before His followers after the resurrection. He would always go before them and, and, and take care of their situation before they even got there. That's who our God is. God knew their concerns and He knew their cares and showed just how He would provide for them and take care of even a stone that needed to be rolled away. He would take care of that for them. Because of this, just that that simple act of having that stone rolled away, because of this, there was no way that they could ever go back to their regular lives. In verse 5, it it tells us that and entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. If these women had concerns, any concerns, they were now gone. Now that the, the stone has been rolled away, and they would be able to do to Jesus what they had to do. And as they approached the tomb, still not knowing exactly what awaited them, their lives are about to get rocked. Their lives are about to be changed as they enter the tomb. And as they entered the tomb, they encountered someone in the tomb and became alarmed. Who wouldn't? Especially if he talks to you. They're not waiting for anything like that. Who hangs out at a tomb like that on a regular basis? Well, come to find out that this guy's an angel. As they walk in, this guy's an angel, and he has a message for them. After he calms them down in verse 6, and he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. This was not what they were expecting, guys. Not expecting to hear nothing like that. They had come with their proper spices for their dead friend, master teacher. They were the last women to leave the cross. They knew what they saw. They understood what death meant. (laughs) And there was no mistaking that Jesus was dead. And they wouldn't have gone looking for spices if they had the slightest hint that he could possibly 
be alive. They wouldn't have done that. And so the angel makes sure that they know that he knows who they're looking for. And so he clarifies it for them as they walk in. Hey, calm down, calm down, he says. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth? The one that was crucified? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, he's not here. Say what? He's not here. Now, if they would have said, he, he, he's not here because God has taken his body up to heaven... Or if, if they would have said, you know, we, we, we have been sent to claim the body and to protect it from any grave robbers or anything like that, that would have made more sense. But for them to say, He is risen, He is not here, makes no sense whatsoever. Because they knew that their Jesus was dead. And to say that He is risen, not here, it's like, oh, hold on here. Dead people just don't come back to life. That's impossible. Especially after three days. It just doesn't happen like that. Unless you are Jesus of Nazareth. Unless you have the power to raise yourself up from the dead. Unless you are the just one. The one that is righteous and true in every form. Unless you are the one that has no fault in him at all, the perfect one, the sinless one, well, there's a possibility that things like this can happen. And the reason he is risen is because death could not keep him. Death had no jurisdiction over him. Death had no control, no authority, no rule over him. So death had to give him back. Death had to give him back. You see, the king that was coming that Zechariah said was having salvation. He had come. He was there. And when Pilate proclaimed, proclaimed him king of the Jews, salvation would be accomplished because he had sentenced him to die on the cross. He would accomplish salvation by dying on the cross. For the sins of all mankind. The fact that he is risen. And that he is not in the tomb anymore. Proves. That the king. Came. He has come. That the king of the Jews. Is truly the king. But it also proves that now. He is now the king of glory as well. He is the king of glory. And the word glory carries with it words like splendor, magnificence, brilliance, grandeur, majesty. It speaks of great radiant beauty when you, when you think of, of glory as opposed to words that are associated with death, darkness, gloominess, mourning, sadness, hurt. Those speak of great awful pain. And what a contrast. He is the king of glory. You know, when we see the sun rising on the horizon, and, and it barely peaks just a little bit to where you barely see a, a, a little bit of it, you begin to see its glory. 
as it begins to shine and the darkness has to dispel. And, in, and within a few minutes, as the sun is now full and out, in full splendor, magnificence, brilliance, grandeur and majesty, you begin to see the sun in all its radiance. That's power. Because it just shines forth. And any kind of darkness is dispelled. That resurrection morning revealed the King of glory. That's the kind of power. Man, we look at it at the, at the sun, but now we're talking about the Son of God, the King of glory, who, who, who comes out in all His glory and just shines forth that morning. Death could not comprehend this King of glory. Death had to bow down to the King of glory and all His radiance. The King came to bring salvation. And He accomplished that on the cross. By dying for the sins of all mankind, that's what He did that morning. And to prove that He could forgive sin, the proof that He could forgive all sin was the resurrection. Because anybody could say, hey, I will die for your sins. And how do you know unless He could overcome death? That's how He proves that your sins are forgiven. That's how we as Christians know that, you know, He just didn't die on the cross right on. He, he carried our, our sins on the cross. But the resurrection is what proves that He actually did it. He forgave us. And, and we can be cleansed from, from all our sins. That's the, the King of glory. That's who He is. In Romans 4.25 it says, Jesus was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of or for our justification. So that we can now stand before God just as if we have never sinned. Because He paid the price so that He can be the, the King of glory in our lives. That's who our God is. That is the one that has the power of the resurrection. If you would, turn with me to, to Psalm 24. This psalm is entitled, The Ascension of the King of Glory. It is a psalm of David. Psalm 24. I want to read it all to you, ten verses here. It says, The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The world and those who dwell therein, for he was founded, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? But he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord the righteousness of the God of His salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek Him, who, who seek His face. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle, 
Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Oh, what an amazing psalm. You know, in in those days, the only one, when this psalm was written, the only ones who could ascend unto the hill of the Lord and stand in His holy place were a select few. Only the high priests can come in. And they would have to go through all the washing and all the purifying uh, ceremonies that they had to go through. And even then, it was limited to a certain time of the year. But because of the King of glory who has come and has gone through all that He has gone through on our behalf, He has made it possible for us to come or to come to the cross and ask for forgiveness. Those of us who have done that, it says that we may ascend unto the hill of the Lord and we can come and stand in His holy place because of what He has done. He has cleansed our hands He has purified our hearts through His blood. And He has saved our souls from hell and has forgiven us from all our deceit even. That is the King of glory. That is the one who resurrected from the grave, guys. It's up to you. I know there's many of you here who have already come to the King of glory. You have received Him as your Lord and your Savior. And you have the opportunity whenever you want to, time and time again, to come into His presence. That is the privilege that we have with the King of glory. But for those who are here this morning, who don't know Jesus, and you know that, you've never committed your life to Him, you've never given your life to Him. You're separated from Him because of your sin. And yet, He has done all this for you on your behalf. He he has done this so that you might have salvation from hell. Because the wages of sin is, is death, but the gift of life, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. That is the good news. That's what we celebrate as Christians this morning. That's why we get excited about the resurrection morning. We get, we get stoked about the cross. We understand it. It was horrible, but that brought salvation. But it's the resurrection. It's Easter morning. It's like the Super Bowl for us, man. We get excited. It's a big deal for us. Because without the resurrection, we're just like everybody else. Jesus Christ resurrected. And for you who, who need that salvation, I want to ask... That if you're here this morning and you need that salvation, I just want you to lift your hand up so I can lead you in a short little prayer. Today would be the day of your salvation. Today is the day that you get saved. Today you can mark on your Bible or wherever. Today was the day of salvation, the day that the King of glory came in. God bless you guys who raised your hand. Anybody else, I just want to lead you in a simple little prayer. As as the worship team comes up, I just want to... Just so it's solidified in your heart is the prayer that doesn't... The prayer is not what saves you. It's your heart because He sees your heart. He did all this for you. Anybody else? As the worship team comes, on, come, comes up, I just want to lead you in a short prayer. If you raise your hand, if you're too afraid to raise your hand, say this prayer anyways. Father in heaven, I ask that you would forgive me for all of my sins. That you would cleanse me and make me a new person. I thank you for the way that you came to this earth and you died to take away my sins. 
Father, in just hearing that your son resurrected to prove it, I believe it now. Lord, make me that new person. Help me to follow after you all the days of my life. Lord, become the king in my life, the king of glory, and lead me day by day. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, let's all stand. We're going to have prayer teams up here. If you need prayer for anything, if you didn't, if you didn't raise your hand or you think like, oh, I really need Jesus, come on down anyways, and they will lead you to Christ. And for those of you guys who, who did, congratulations. You're in the family. Today is your day of salvation. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We praise you for the glorious power of the resurrection that proves to us that we have actually been forgiven. Because of that act, Lord God, it changes everything. We can now walk in the newness of life. I pray for my brothers and sisters who know you, who have been walking with you, that, Lord, they would not even take this day lightly, but that they would remember that they have been forgiven and walk in that forgiveness day by day. Lord, strengthen them as they walk with you, Lord. Father, again, for those who have received you, committed their lives to you, Lord God, Lord, speak to them and show yourself strong. And now you can be their friend, their master, their teacher. Lord, teach them all that you, you want to pour into them. And Lord, if there's still anyone who's holding out, Lord God, draw them to yourself, I pray. And we bless you and we thank you, Lord God. Oh, Lord. Blessed be your name, for you are worthy, because you are the King of glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you need any kind of prayer, please come on up. Don't leave without prayer. God bless.